Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. You know, during that uh, time of worship, I was thinking about the the candle lighting service we're going to have in uh, this morning, and you know, I was just thinking of that beautiful picture where it's completely dark, and maybe you might be feeling that way in some way today for uh, a number of reasons, and it's just that one little light, it's that one little spark that will will light up this whole place. It's absolutely beautiful. I encourage you when that time happens and everything's lit to turn around and look at the room. Um, I remember uh, as a a child, our family uh, had a a family tradition, and it was the reading of the Christmas story before we opened our presents. I remember being a young boy and wiggling around and eyeing every single present. There was something amazing, I know, uh, under there for me, and I couldn't concentrate for the life of me. And uh, once I I remember my grandfather, he read, and uh, it seemed to take forever, and I'm like, "How, how, how in the world did he get chosen to do this? But he did. Uh, you know, every Christmas we, we all flip through the, the channels, uh, TV channels. And there's a lot of great Christmas movies that are out there. There's so many different storylines. Uh, I was just thinking of like Will Ferrell and Elf, right? He's accidentally transported to the North Pole and he's raised with Santa's elves. What an interesting story. But there's classics like It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, Home Alone. And uh, most of these stories end with some type of a miracle. And maybe it's a restored marriage, or maybe it's a family that's reunited. But the greatest story is the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, In this story, it brings us all together, and that's the whole reason, right, that we're here today. Most importantly, it's a story that's not fiction. It's not made up by Hollywood. But it's a reality that brings us hope and eternal life. So I want to start out this morning by... uh, uh, having these ladies read the Christmas story uh, for us, and uh, uh, Teresa will take 30 minutes, and Shelby will take 30 minutes. Kim's got about 32 minutes, and I think Christina's is 40. The next 45 minutes I'll take, and please keep your children quiet during that whole time. I would appreciate that. But the Christmas story, you know, I was actually really torn. And I'm like, how many Christmases do we go through? where we don't actually read the story from the beginning to the end. And that story is found between mainly the two books of Matthew and Luke. And so we're going to go between those scriptures and have that story. So uh, give it up for the ladies as they read this, and we're going to have a good time. Then I got something else for you. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative is, is Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Canarius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and lied him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field watching over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news, joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus 
the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up into Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves are two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the customs of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him and Simeon blessed them. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod saw that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was filled with rage. Sending orders, he put to death all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, according to the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was spoken through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard from Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. 
After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, he said. Take your child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those seeking the child's life are now dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he learned that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Amen. Let's give it up for them. What great reading. I want to share a few moments. Uh, probably one of the greatest Hollywood Christmas movies uh, ever produced. Is this a wonderful life? I'm sure many of you might agree with me on that. But it starts with God hearing the prayers, many prayers of people, and the prayers are for a man named George Bailey. Uh, he's getting prayers from his mother. He's getting prayers from his wife. God's getting prayers from, from his children, from his friends. George Bailey had a big uh, impact on the community. So if you remember, God sends down Clarence the angel, who unfortunately, he hasn't got his wings yet. And uh, uh, so Clarence comes before God, and God, uh, God says, a man down on earth, he needs your help. And Clarence says, he's sick, sir. And God says, no, it's worse. He's discouraged. We've all experienced physical sickness in our lives. Uh, many might conclude that it's actually worse to be sick in your heart, sick in your soul. It's really hard when you're discouraged. Uh, it was during the uh, the darkest time of history that Jesus Christ was born. There was Roman occupation, and um, uh, the, he was uh, born into that. It was very politically dark at the, t at the time. Uh, for Mary and Joseph, uh, it was relationally dark for them, being pregnant and out of wedlock. And uh, we know the outcome, of course, uh, but for her, uh, she had to settle for the truth without proof. And I'm sure it must have been really hard for Joseph as well. Uh, for most everyone during that time, it was probably financially dark as well. And even seasonally, uh, Christmas time is the darkest time of year. It was actually several days ago when it was actually supposed to be the darkest time of the year. Uh, 
So this morning, I want to give you a couple verses and a few takeaway points. And also, I just want you to, to maybe keep in your heart, too, that it's also uh, kind of like a good checklist for this coming year. And uh, so if you'll uh, uh, just listen to these points and kind of cherish them in your heart, it says in Luke 2, 8, through 10, uh, 8 and 10, which we've already read, but it says, Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch of their flock by night. So even the shepherds, they're pulling an all-nighter, right? And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, which is still the message today, do not be afraid. He's saying, I've got good news. I bring you good tidings. You know, tidings means, tiding means information. This angel is saying, I've got some great information for you, and uh, it'll be of great joy, which will be to just the shepherds. No, it's going to be to all people. So the birth of Jesus, it comes at, at a time where there's a lot of hopelessness. There are perilous times. There was oppression. There was cruelty. There was disease. And most importantly, there was no Savior. It was nothing short of discouragement and hopelessness. So when discouraged... A lot of times we're smiling on the outside, but inside we know that there's another story going on. You might be able to uh, resonate with that. There's perhaps another sorrow that you're dealing with, another struggle. Uh, you might be dealing with something in your marriage, or perhaps your finances, or your health, a broken relationship, or even the loss of someone. I know for a fact that there's people in this room that even recently have lost someone and if you're thinking this morning, like, well, that really doesn't apply to me, then what I would ask you to do is file it away. Because there always is a time in our lives when those things are very close to us. Uh, I like to say that there's uh, so many things in this life that we can control, and there's a lot of things that we can't control. So it's imperative that we anchor ourselves to something that's not shifting, Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Hope is an anchor for your soul. Hope is the confident expectation based on something solid. It's not shifting. Our hope is not wishful thinking. For believers, our hope is something that we possess. Romans 15.13 says, it tells us, how God is the source of our hope. Look at this. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. And then you will overflow with hope. I remember years ago writing a, a song for a video that we were producing in Romania for the organization that I was working with, uh, Children to Love. And that's the very scripture that I used. And we were there to bring hope to a lot of the orphans of Romania. And I use that scripture to overflow with hope, and it's only going to come through Christ. Yes, you can get better conditions. Yes, things can be better. But that overflowing great hope only comes through Christ. So here's some things that, I, uh, that you can be sure of that are gonna, going to give you hope. The first thing is God's presence. Maybe you've experienced that even this morning. Um, it's been the experience of my life with God that the presence of God is even better than the answers to all my problems. 
If I lose that presence of God in my life, I can have every answer in the world and it simply doesn't matter. I'd rather know that God's with me than to know the solution to everything. The greatest commodity that you can possess is this. You know what? I don't, uh, I don't know what's going on, but listen, I know that God is here. I know that God's with me. It's that presence. The psalmist David said in Psalm 62, who's it come from? For God alone. That's it. Oh, my soul, wait in silence. It's one, one translation says, find rest, for my hope is from him. Isaiah says it this way. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk, and they will not faint. You know, all birds fly, but not all birds soar. There's a big difference. We talk about eagles. I think it was very, um, very important that, that that was used in this. Eagles go to the highest point. And what they do is they clench the rock with their talons. And then all they have to do is put their wings out and they wait for an updraft. And then this is what they do. They just let go. The current does all the work. And when we live our lives secure in his presence, what we do is we naturally wait on God. We naturally wait for him. Our lives can have a lot of flapping going on. We're, we're working very hard a lot of times on our terms. So my encouragement would be to let the presence of God in waiting on him be the power. The presence of God brings us peace regardless of our situation. You know, when I was thinking about that, I thought about a Romanian pastor named Richard Wormbrand during the time of communism. He wrote a book called Tortured for Christ. He was in prison for 14 years, uh, months of solitary uh, confinement, and years of physical torture. Uh, There was constant suffering from hunger and cold, the anguish of brainwashing and mental cruelty. After being released, he said this. He said that he actually missed the days in prison of how he felt so deep and close to God. He felt the presence of God. Listen, I would encourage you that if you're going through something, you take that as an opportunity to say, God, I know you're with me. I know that your presence is here. So when we're going through something, let your response be, God, I welcome your presence in this situation, and I choose to worship you. Months ago, I I had a friend that I've known for many years, um, and he was doing some work for me, and I asked about his wife, who I knew, and his family, and I asked how they were doing, and uh, this gentleman, he, he expressed really deep grief about his wife. His wife was suffering from many years of depression. At that point, it was over two years, and it was absolutely debilitating. And he did, he did the work for me, and he left. And a few months later, I needed some, some more things done. And, and so I, I actually talked to him again, and he told me this story. He, I saw brightness in his eyes, and he goes, he, he just offered the information And he says, one day, she decided just to attend church and participate. And a lot of times, we don't even feel like it, but you just go because you go. And it's in that presence that what she did was she began to lift up your hands. You know what lifting up, up hands is to me? It's just surrender. God, I surrender to you. I surrender everything. I surrender all the things I don't understand. And when she did that, he goes, unbelievably, God 
changed her heart and her life. And he goes, she literally is a different person. And, and that is done in the presence of God. Nothing short of miraculous is what he said. So, so in this coming year, hold that closely to you. That when I go through things, when I go through hard times, I'm going to worship God because he is worthy to be worshipped. And he is in control. Another thing uh, is God's promise, and that's the word of God. If you don't even have the energy to talk and to talk to God and to pray, then let him talk to you. The word will build faith. The world brings hope. The word brings life into your darkest places. When you abandon God's word, there's nothing to cling to. There's no rock to cling to. Psalms 1981, David said, My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put what? I have put my hope in your word. Stay, stay in the word. Another thing is God's process. If you know that your pain has purpose, then you can endure pain. If you know that it has purpose, if you understand that something's better on the other side, then you say, I can do this. And some of you have perhaps forgotten that God is at work. And there really is, honestly, a process going on. God is more interested in developing you than making you happy. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. Romans 5, 2, and 4, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character, what does it do? It produces hope. Use what you're going through. Use that trial. Use that sadness, knowing that God is there. And another thing here is God's purpose. This is the greatest gift that you can give yourself is to realize why you're on the planet and it's bigger than your problems, that there's purpose. If the goal in your life is to eliminate your problems, you will be on the job forever. Good luck. But if you solidify in your heart that I have a purpose, you'll discover that problems seem to get smaller and smaller in the light of why I'm on the planet. This one alone can get me out of discouragement. When I go through hard times, I have to tell myself that. If I'm ready to give up, I remind myself of God's calling on my life. We all have a calling. I remember probably in my teenage years, or I must have been maybe in my early 20s, I wrote this song, and I was thinking about my life. And, you know, it wasn't like, and it wasn't like I had this, this, you know, this major thing happen. It was just something in my heart that I knew. And I wrote these words. It says, you didn't send your angels to say what's on your mind, and I didn't hear you audibly when you called upon my life. It wasn't like you came down like lightning from the sky to tell me that I'd be used of you to give your words of life. But I know that way down deep inside that there's a voice that calmly speaks to me and it says, be patient and wait on me and don't rely on only what you see. I then went on to say, when I feel like giving up, determination seems to go. Then I lose my vision. I just seem to lose my goals. But be ye confident of this, that he which hath begun a good work and you will perform it until the day that Jesus comes. No, you have a purpose. And I remember all the times in my life, and I want you to remind yourself of the times, the people that have been praying for you, the times that God's spoken to you, the times that God has shown up. 
Maybe it was a conversation, an encounter, a miraculous intervention, light in the darkness. I remind myself of the call of God in my life, just as you must do it as well. All your problems combined can't negate the fact and bring discouragement when you understand that there is a reason that you are here. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, familiar to, to all of us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So what did I say? Let me remind you. It's found in the presence of God. God, I worship you in the midst of whatever. It's found in his promises, God's word. Hold on to those. Hold on to that. It's an anchor. It's found in the process that your pain is producing something better. It's found in the purpose that you're not an accident. You have a call of God in your life. And last here is God's place, meaning eternity with him. Too many people have the mindset that this is it. That somehow God's obligated to work out everything for you on this side of eternity. That God owes it to me for my life to be great here. John 16, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Listen, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's why we can all celebrate today. He came, man. He, he came and he gave us life. I've got something better. I'll get out of here because you're with me. That needs to be what we say. I've got something better. If you put your hope in earth, it will mess you up. People of faith in the Bible, they're celebrated, and it always didn't work out for them. Let me close with this scripture in Hebrews, and then we're going to have the lighting of the candles. Let's just listen to this. Each one of these people of faith, they died not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. How did they do it? They saw it was off in the distance, waved their greetings, and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. People who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. If they were homesick for the old country, they could have gone back any time that they wanted. Any time that they wanted. You know, the Lord spoke that to Teresa when we were actually on the mission field. And when times got hard, that was the scripture that God gave her. Don't, don't look back to the old life. No, I've called you here, and I'm going to be faithful for you here. But they were after, uh, but they were after a far better country than that. A heavenly country. Heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. So, Teresa, if you come up here right now, we're going to darken this, um, this theater. If you're discouraged, I want you to take this as maybe a line in the sand for you, saying, you know, I have been wrestling with darkness. I have been wrestling with discouragement. Uh, Roger, I, I hardly even have a flicker. But right now, as, 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 as I light this candle, as this candle is lit, and this whole place becomes full of light, that's what I'm going to believe for God in my life. Allow that light to penetrate your situation as these candles
They will penetrate and bring light once again. You guys look amazing. Turn around and look, look what's going on here. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Awesome. I want to encourage you once again just to let the light of God illuminate your life. And um, let's, let's go into this next year and, and really make it a point in our heart to, to refuse discouragement, to refuse the things that would tend to bring us down. And let's stand on those principles of God's word and, and his presence and just allow that to happen. Maybe make a new stand in that area. I want to speak a blessing over you as we close right now. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord uh, smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Merry Christmas. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.